0: So, important public service announcement. Usually, you don't hear my cats, Dylan and Moomin, their black and white brothers, thank you for asking, on the podcast. This time, however, they're being very vocal on the other side of the door. Is it because I forgot to feed them before we pressed record? That's possible. I prefer to think that it's because this episode of Why Dance Matters, the Royal Academy of Dance podcast, has a rather electric guest. The DJ, community activist, and vogue ball impresario, JJ Revlon. JJ is a key figure in London's ballroom scene. We're not talking ballroom as in waltz, jive, and rumba but the ballroom culture that originated decades ago in Harlem in New York, where queer people of colour found a space to come together and be resplendent. Ballroom has been celebrated in the TV drama series Pose and it's now international. JJ has moved the form forward, often with his mum on the door of his events. As father of the House of Revlon, JJ looks after the people who work and perform with him. It's fabulous, but also holistic. There couldn't be a better guide to ballroom culture than JJ. He's truly the cat's pyjamas. JJ Revlon. Welcome to Why Dance Matters. It's very lovely to have you here. I wondered if we could start off with a definition, because we're talking about ballroom, but not in the sense of strictly come dancing or dancing with the stars. What are we talking about? I wondered if we could start off with a definition, because... We're talking about ballroom, but not in the sense of Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars. What are we talking about?
1: Well, what we want to talk about is ballroom culture, which is a culture that was created by Latinx and Black people, Black trans women specifically, to create a space that was basically a safer space for LGBT people, Mainly trans women. It really comes out of drag culture and then became a whole culture that includes dance, fashion, creativity. It's a place of uh, solitude and healthcare and sex education. It's it's like a place of also just general education. It's a place of home. The culture is like bigger than just what everyone always thinks it is, which is one, strictly from dancing, but two, it's, Ballroom is like one word one that describes Vogue Femme, but it doesn't. When we're talking about ballroom, we're talking about our whole culture. And then when we talk about Vogue Balls, those are the competitions where you will see the culture come alive. And then you have the categories that go within a Vogue Ball, which is a part of the Ballroom culture.
0: So it's not just the events themselves, the balls, it's no. everything that surrounds that.
1: Yeah, because when we talk about the culture and how it started, it was because trans women who were getting attacked in the streets and stuff like this. And then when it came to balls, that was just a safe haven for Black and Latino people to come together to compete against one another to create a space. But when we're talking about boot screens, gay men like myself, we have only been a part of this scene for like the last fifty years, so we're quite new. We wanted to in. There's a song that goes, Witch queen vlogging like a femme queen? That is a gay man vlogging like a trans woman. We always have to give homage to that. The culture is bigger than just what you see on TV shows. Actually, Pose kind of has it the, as a the nail on the head, but it was also written by trans women of colour. But what you see on TV, all the clips you see on YouTube and Instagram and everybody's TikToks, you know, that is not just the culture. The culture is way bigger than that.
0: Yeah, And people might be thinking of something like the series Pose, which you mentioned. They might think about voguing and Madonna, but they are all Mm. things from or set in the 80s. Modern ballroom, the modern culture, is it still a a magnet for queer people of colour, for people who might otherwise feel
1: marginalised? Well, firstly, we can't really put Madonna in that category because, yes, she made Vogue, but also if we look at documentaries like Strike a Pose, it will Mm -hmm. give you the big old education how Madonna took a lot from the LGBT community and then she gave nothing back and ended up getting sued and obviously nothing happened. (laughs) Um, There's a big thing about that because when we're going to talk about every country has their own needs and that's how I always see it when it comes to ballroom. Sometimes queerness is not off the dome and it's like, that is who I am. Most times queerness comes from being in a space where you feel like you're with your own. So I think it is a big attitude for queer people to exist in the ballroom scene. But when we're talking about ballroom, queerness is not just one thing, but we always have to talk about the whole spectrum. We're having much more categories that are like non-binary focused and gender non-conforming focused. Gender conforming, trans masculine, gender conforming, trans feminine, either or, and the middle ground. So it is. It is definitely like still like modern day, still so its place to say it's it's the same, except for we're not going to go to extremists of people living on the street, which is not saying that everyone has housing, but it's just saying that we're just in a different era, but it still sticks to the history, just in the now.
0: How did your dancing journey start? Were you a little dancing
1: child? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. Um, I used to dance. I danced, to I danced my whole life. I don't right. know anything else. Actually, I know a little bit of IT, a little bit media stuff, a little bit little entertainment. But the thing that has been me from the jump is dance. I copy dances from music videos. Sean Paul, Light Glue, is my favorite. I've always been around, uh, not family of dancers, but we all love music. And so it's like Christmas time and all this stuff. I just carried on dancing. Really when it sung in that dance could be something, is that in primary school we had a, it was like a showcase, a dance teacher who was, she was doing every school in Suffolk. She was really good, getting her life. And <laughs> she created choreography to Dustin Timberlake. I love to you. It was with Pharrell, I think. <laughs> Why I love you. Dun, dun, dun. That was the song. And then what? from then, it just carried on. Like I done, after this, I, that was primary school. Then when I started secondary school, I used to do taekwondo. So I quit taekwondo and did after school dance. Went to a dance group. It's called The Movement Factory. It's run by a woman called Leanne Perra, who runs The Movement Factory. She's a big person, a significant person in my life, in terms of my dance career. Also for Suffolk as a whole, because she was a woman who put all dance teachers in schools in Southwark, did all these after-school classes, in at Corsica and the Castle. And it was like, that part of, was a big part of my career because I could, or a big part of me learning dance because I was learning from people who were like huge, like who were on West End, who were big dance companies, who always performed here and everywhere, had opportunities to dance for Nike in Manchester. So she was like a big significant part, but that, that was just like always kind of thing that I always did like my whole life and then obviously bogan came along well being gay came first then Logan <laughs> came second or kind of was always in the remit of my life and yeah and then i went to uni
0: you were at the london contemporary dance school yeah which is cause... super prestigious but
1: it Very... didn't feel
0: like a good fit for you not at all you know what
1: this is funny because mm. january i'm actually doing enrichment week at that school so i'm actually going back to teach which is crazy I will go back and enrich those kids because I know when it is to be like to sit there and smell like you don't know where you're alive. and especially there's a lot of like LGBT people within dance. As you know, my dance school is like bi, and then it became gay, and then it was like <laughs> really prominent in my life. So there's a lot of things around that that I feel like in my heart, I wanted. I'm doing this out of my goodness to my heart. However, <laughs> when I went to the school, I'm not ballet trained at all. I started by when I was 16. I didn't know nothing about it. But what I did know is Freddie. Freddie, who's the director of Dance Umbrella, he did a project with me back in the day, told me that I should try out for this school. and went to view it, paid my deposit. Literally the only school I got into because I didn't audition for any other school but the place. Right. And, you know, my stuff went from 300 to top 10. And I have three black people out of my whole uh, out of the ten that was chosen. So I was very proud about getting to the school number one. But then of when course. I got there, I just felt like I wasn't. I only want to do the uni part of dance because I wanted to teach dance how I thought it should be taught, and not how it was taught to me in school. That's the only reason that I want to go back to my school and do that. For me, I had a wife experience, but some of the best guidance in that school. I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. Most of us did, and mainly the uh, people of colour. No one really took anything really that seriously when it came to like my body and my aches and my pain. And I just felt like I was just like hitting my head into a wall until my amazing ballet teacher, she was a ballet dancer who basically just got flown from here to there and got principal at Royal Ballet. She was like small old lady robot trainers. She used to tape them. But you know her pirouette was everything because just the head whip alone to tell us how many pirouettes we were going to do was just everything. You could just see that she had a career. But she's the one that told me I didn't need this. If it wasn't for her, I honestly don't know. I think I will be with other students from my era who don't dance. Most people, my school was 80 plus people went down to like 50, 40 because that place is not easy. Well, it wasn't easy when I went there. But most of those people don't dance anymore. Both of them don't. But if it was not for the safe heaven, the truth of Trish, I literally <laughs> would have been... I honestly give it all to her. Like, wow. I give everything to her and all the other people who have helped me in my career. But especially in a uni context, when I tell you I wanted to give up on everything, I'm telling you the truth. Like, I want to give up on everything. I started working at Apple. I said, you know what? This is great pain. Let's just give up and dance. <laughs> you oh, know gosh, Because that, yeah. it, was, it just wasn't a place where It was giving me what I needed Everyone had this idea of like I want to be a dancer But they all did cat skin They all did ballet from when they were younger We wouldn't be here if we're trying to be dancers We are dancers who are trying to elevate our education In dance There's a difference So yeah. I just felt like I just did not fit Anyway, one thing better Another <laughs> I just didn't return <laughs> To me honest To tell you the truth I went to Misa. <laughs> I went to Misa. And when the school year started, it was very much. Where is Jason? Where is, J- where is Jason? <laughs> you just you didn't know? come back. I would have never done that if it wasn't for Trace. And I would not have like delved my life into the so hard if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for her and me seeing such injustice in the school at the time. Yeah. Things have changed and they have let me know. Hence why I'm going back. I'm going there just to like give something different and I'm going to bring my A-game, and I'm going to give them a completely different perspective on dance.
0: I think it was in Paris that you discovered the ballroom scene. And Mm. what was it that spoke to you about that? Why did that feel like home in a way that your other dance encounters and dance training hadn't?
1: Well, so firstly I picked it up on it was around the space where people was coming up and my Swiss was like, and Facebook <laughs> was like on the cusp. And then YouTube all of a sudden came out of nowhere. That's where <laughs> I first saw it. Then I was going to the club, definitely not at the right age. And I used to see like people voguing in that, like in the club, like as a performance. And I speak to one of the people on my podcast with the BBC about ballroom, like in the history and talking to people. So they like... I saw this person. They were a big girl. There was something about the hands and them that just took me. And it was like, I remember this from the YouTube and the videos I used to look at in ICT in secondary school. When stuff happened in London, I was either too young to go or when I was old enough to go, it wasn't fitting for me. It didn't make sense. Until I met Vinnie, legendary Vinny. Revlon, my house father who lives in Paris, but he's the father of Europe. We battled at some event that was like definitely not boring. We battled, and from that day, he was like, "Do you want to be? I want you to be a Revlon." This and the other, I see Revlon in you. This and the other, and I met all these other little Parisian people. But when I got on that plane to Paris, had the worst date of my life. I (laughs) went to this ball, right? Except for, like, the gay club I went to, I had never seen so many Black people in one space in my life other than BLM. In Paris, it was like, this is literally only Black. <laughs> like, it was so Black. It was the craziest thing. And the thing is, I knew everybody's house charm. And I screamed the whole night. And then I came out as a rebel on that same night. And... I just came back and was like, everything people have been doing in London, this is all wrong in my head. That's what I said. out loud I said is what I saw in Paris mimics the same as the US. So I feel like I want to do a function that mimics what the US does by what I've seen on video. Instead of being like, all of you are wrong. So I just persisted on doing that. It was the blackness. It was the competition. The video footage could never give you the experience of being in that space. I think I don't watch a lot of Vogue Borum uh, balls literally for that. Because if I'm not there and I didn't experience it live, I don't know if I can get the same out of the video. I can think, oh, wow. But the energy and the goosebumps you feel yeah. when someone is maybe doing the craziest stuff, you know, I don't know, hitch kick, hitch kick, the floor flick up oh maybe dip or oh, maybe not full split box split bounce come up relevés, and double pro <laughs> with fouettes. and then in the dip there is something about all of that that you see in person that you're like this is un- this is unhuman it was that unhumanness that i really needed and that's what made my mindset go you need to do this like you need to make balls in the uk like you have to <laughs>
0: And it's very sort of, um, it's very intimate in the sense everyone is close to the walk, to the floor. When you're, yeah. when you take the floor, you are surrounded by people, which must yeah. be exciting and intimidating in
1: equal parts. It's called spatial awareness. And we should all have it. <laughs> you know, if we should all have it, it does, we always go from the corner. And you know, when you go in them threes, you know, there's always a girl that's always like, a little bit extra or too or too slow, you know? But the thing is with a ballroom, there is no remit for that. If you are in that floor, be prepared to be kicked. That's, like, <laughs> you know how you go into a space sometimes and you don't want to be filmed, but on the, on the door it says, This event is filmed. You give permission. You don't yeah. know those strong like words. That is a ball. Like, If you choose to go on the floor, you know you want to run up for your girlfriend and then she punch you in your nose. That's on you, you know. Or you decide to get up in someone's face. You know, I'm not, like, in ballroom is a very big thing, or in balls is a very big thing I'm not to touch. And I know everyone's seen videos of people getting thrown and this and the other. There's a lot of dark things also happening now, which is awful. But in terms of, like, the side of, like, in that space, like, yes, that is tight. as (laughs) As, <laughs> as hell, <laughs> like, like, if you look at the content that comes from the US from back in the day, it was way tighter. This is actually acres of land compared, right. to, <laughs> compared <laughs> to some places. But it's because we had to make do with what we had. You had to make do with the space you've been given. If it's somebody's basement, it's not somebody's basement. If it's like the balls I used to do back in the day, how we kind of like the scene kind of built was under the chicken shop, Hub 16. Shout out to Samantha Nelson. She's amazing. And she supported that stuff, but it was under a chicken shop. It was tight, <laughs> you know? It was a tight space. But that's the reason why. Like you're giving, you're, the only thing that you should be doing is like, whether it's like the judges table stuff like this, people don't like judges table to be touched and stuff. But you know what? When you're in the moment, you can't stop nothing. People have broken tables multiple times in different countries. People have put their foot through plaster walls. People have, <laughs> you know, people have dipped to other people. You know, when you're in that element, I always feel like you should always have spatial awareness. There's something about being, having an out-of-body experience, but being, but being in the room, which really does not happen a lot with your balls because it's so high energy, like beyond. Like you start on 10, and then where do you go after that? Just up. <laughs> yeah. By the time you finish a line, I sleep for three days.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you are you expressing yourself? Are you being a bigger version of JJ? Are you kind of inhabiting a different persona for the night? How who, who are you playing Who am I? Who are
1: you? <laughs> I'm just me, you know. Literally, yeah. I'm just me. I definitely think I have changed as a person, but I haven't changed within the ball scene. I'm an educator, number one, we'll see. I teach classes. Most of the advice that you get is when you're sitting on eating in restaurants, and there's a lot of knowledge given there. But first and foremost, like, I'm your teacher. But if I'm competing, then we're not friends. I can teach you. And I will teach you next week or the next day. It'll be fine. But in that competition, we're not friends. Thank you right. so much. <laughs> but, but after we battle, let's get a drink. You know, and a photo yeah. and a picture. <laughs> but sometimes when people have personas, it's because it's out of safety. And I'm... I hate saying stuff like lucky. I'm happy that I'm not a person that has, that has to do that. You know, my mum has come into the scene. She does the doors of all my events. Yes, um, I
0: wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. What, how fantastic. <laughs> do it. I love that idea. What is it so your mum obviously very very supportive of your yeah. career choices what is she like on the door what is she a fierce presence she, on the door no she <laughs>
1: was like fun like the thing is like my thing is is when if i get a space right they say i didn't i don't know something like rad. When we have this conversation about me doing something there just know that even if you're giving me support and finances you're going to print all my flyers. You're going to get every publication. You're going to do everything you can to make it the best it can be. This is still mine. And actually, it has nothing to do with you. Will I give you a shot and a thank you? Yes. However, this is not about you. For me, it's not even about me. It's about my community. So when I have a space, that's my house. In my house, you respect elders. And you respect my mother. So my mom is not fierce unless she needs to be. And sometimes she don't want to be too fierce, because then there's a bit left. And then she calls me. <laughs> and I'm like, and I boost her, you know, like I boost her always. I'm always like, no, you are well within your right. Say what you need to say. We need to cut somebody out, cuss them out. Because at the end of the day, this is our house. And what is important for me why my mom is at the door is because many people either don't have mother figures in their life or cannot even utter a word to their parents to say that they're doing the thing, which is very, very LGBT, very, very expressive. And sometimes you just want to be a sexy kitty. And sometimes you can't <laughs> send those photos to your mom to say, look how sexy I am as a kitty. So it's very important that my mom, especially a black woman, single parent, Raised by my grandparents, my auntie and my mother, that they see this woman at the front and go, it can be done. That is the main importance of it. This is my house. My mother is here. To be honest, it's started as the only person I trusted with money. But then it became an eye opener when I kept talking, where people kept bringing it up, as you were going to do, as you did today as well. It's like, people always bring that part up that like, oh, I heard your mother is, (laughs) <laughs> the door, like, how is that? You know, she had yeah. seen some shocking stuff She saw parts, body parts That she didn't <laughs> think she was going to see You know, she asked me about it I said, well <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's moved into her being like People are like, where's your mom? You know, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense Her not being there Right Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she's, she's you know, she might, she's my glue number one She can count money, and that's great. But the main (laughs) factor is is that it's the people that come. It's about them. They see this woman and go, oh, my God, I cannot believe this is your mom. Oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. Oh, my God. There is a lot of, oh, my God. And I feel like these (laughs) things should be very normal, you know. And, you know, it's not for many people. But if they can have my mom adopted for a six-hour ball or eight hour ball or even a 12 hour situation yes and how many days i just want them to know that there are mums out there especially black mums that support their kids hands down down.
0: that idea of getting the mother experience even if it's just for a short while is just a lovely idea We're talking about family, and you've mentioned a couple of times, houses yeah. um, in ballroom culture, which is, it's a family. It's also a performing company, I suppose, in a way. What,
1: how would you define a house? Well, firstly, it's family. That's me, for number one. Yes, do some people, some people's houses work as a company. Facts. I know if I put gigs for my kids, Christmas campaigns, giving them jobs for youth, Places or brands, or been their advisory on what they should ask for, because I'm a huge believer in self worth and asking for what you should get. That's how you can probably see a high set of company, but it's not. Like, first and foremost, we're a family. That's it. The house name is, it comes before me. You know what I mean? I'm born in 92, I'm only 30, but my house has been around for 50 years. I want to say. Yeah. At least fifty years, and you're you know, now don't... the
0: father, aren't you?
1: Of Under UK, the UK, yeah, of
0: the UK House of Revlon, yeah, uh, at uh, only thirty to be <laughs> to be a father. I know. To so many. I was a, far,
1: I was <laughs> a father at like twenty-seven. It was given to me. I didn't ask for it. That's another thing.
0: Wow. And what you know, does it mean to you to have that
1: responsibility that, and to have that if, role? How we see boring families. that's... Get that little education out of the way. It's same as sociology. Cereal box family. Mom, dad, kids, right? Differences is this is chosen. Your family's chosen. I'm a house barber. My fathership does not stop. Someone wants to fly to this ball, but don't have the funds. I'll pay for it. Oh, I had this issue at my job. I call my ex because he works in the HR. Oh, I'm having this housing issue. I call my mom because she worked in housing for 20 years. Oh, I have this partner problem. We'll talk it out. Oh, I'm having stress. Let's talk it out. Let's talk as a whole group. Let's have a meeting. Let's do this. Now I grew up without a dad. <laughs> so I'm doing like what my mom and my granddad will do for me and my grandparents and my aunt. That's what I would do. Um, my role is not just this or that. I am the whole tea (laughs) like and you know it's hard because I also go through some stuff right and there's moments where I'm like I'm not giving enough I'm not doing enough and I definitely have those conversations basically with myself or I can also have those with my kids because in the ballroom age does not matter except for when it comes to kids because I refuse to teach children bogan, especially if it's going to be like the words I told you in the beginning that I can't say now um and it's very, but I also feel like it's very important for kids to see balls and stuff like this. There's rules around it, but it's possible. But it's very important that, like, yeah, in boring there's no age. And, like, I've had people in my house who are 40. 40, 36, 38, older, younger. It doesn't matter. I can still be a guidance. I feel like I've lived a life and I'm quite mature. And I do have a very good, outlook i usually like can see it from both sides because i can also see my own wrongs and i think that's a big part of being a father is that you can see when you could make improvements or when you made a mistake or i've argued with my kids my kids have argued together i'm a parent as your parent anyone's parent chosen or otherwise this could be a carer this could be like fostering this could be adoption this could be grandparents this could be someone taking place with somebody else step parents anything like this uncles uncles, uh auntie everything godparents yeah. like all these important roles is like that's the family like that's how it's done and yeah me being the father it's just like i'm just there as a guidance in life it's just, that's how it is, you know? Okay. And I have kids, not only just the Reblons, but outside of that, I have people who see me as a father figure in Germany, people who see me as a father figure in, in parts of Spain. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Children I love it. <laughs> I do. I do. I feel like roles in ballroom, people try to solidify them as like just one section or another, or I just do this. And I just feel like that is not the case. My thing is is that if I'm a father in my house, I can be father to people in the scene. And as much as I am drained and tired of travel and balls and going there all the time, there's joy in seeing those spaces and then seeing you as a oh my God, I'm so happy you're here and ask your advice on stuff. I just get so much out of it, like so much internally that, you know, I don't really have much time. I don't really have a, I do have space to talk about it, but, It's just something like now I can really express that. I'm tired as hell at times. And the thing that makes me go, I don't want to go, but I know i got to go. And I know I'm going to be great at the end of it is going to (laughs) balls (laughs) and being that far bigger.
0: I mean, we haven't even had a chance to talk about any of the many things you do, because you're also a DJ, you're also a community activist. What is the through line, do you think, JJ, through everything that you do? What is the connecting thread?
1: Dance, definitely my through line is community. I learned dance for 50p. I always feel like dance should be accessible. I don't really charge too much for... A function like if my function is going to be local, it's going to be local prices. If I'm going to have to pull people into the US, it's going to be like a international kind of price for a ticket, but no one gets thrown away. And I'm also always up for low income. I always feel like stuff like this should always be accessible throughout. My through line is community. A lot of people say they're activists. I don't see myself as an activist. I see myself as active, actively being a person that you can see, actively making sure that what I do always benefits my community. Everything I do is for my community. The whole teaching dance for my community. I have to teach vogue uh, classes. and It used to be five pounds or bring a friend and pay two pound 50 each. No one does that. Everyone pays these crazy silly prices, sometimes for nothing. And it really irritates me. I always, when I have a, I have a, a DJ set, I always make sure my list is bigger than my friendship group. I always want make to make it accessible to people who might feel like they can't be in that space. I have opportunities to DJ in places like Soher House. So I'm like, hello, so her House. I know you said I had 10 guest lists, but I'm going to bring hundred. <laughs> Here is the list. This is approved. Well, approve it because I don't want people who really want to see me play, feel like they can't get into a space. Like it's not okay. And it's the same with like DJing. I really want to do more DJ-wise. You know, I was at a point where I was teaching and it felt great to teach other like queer LGBT people or everything in that whole acronym to be able to play. And some of my DJ daughters are also out there as well, you know. Yeah, I think it's for me, it's that's the through line community. Always giving access to people, always making sure people feel welcome, making sure people feel that they're seen, making sure people feel... They are in the space with you, not me. And I also don't glorify myself I'm not a person who's like, I'm the teacher, you're the student. We're all on the same level. We're all learning. Yes, I'm teaching you something. And there's a difference between knowing when to listen and not listening at all. And I think the mutual respect is that's what it's about. And I'm not a person who's like, think like me. I'm saying, think like a person. <laughs> like, what do you think? Have an opinion. My community, one, is just about saying stuff. Sometimes people agree. Well, most time people agree. And sometimes people don't. But it's just about being authentically yourself in your community. And My best friend always says, like, you always want to do stuff for others. Like, I had a day off yesterday and my friend wanted to get dreadlocks. I had dreadlocks for six years, so I was like, okay, yeah, give me like a little money. If you start dreads, it takes a long time. It took me five hours to do this dread. And I just got right. joy out of just doing the dreads. My hands yeah. cramped so hard. But that's <laughs> my thing is about community. Like, yeah. <laughs> my hands cramped so hard. Like five hours strong, but like, it's that community person in me. Like if someone hasn't got food, you know, if I have a friend of mine goes, ah, oh, like I want to go to dinner. I'd say come to dinner. When I invite people to dinner, I'm usually going to pay for it. If friends are like, oh, I don't know, I'm just like, oh, just come. Usually I do a lot of sneaky things and just go and pay because I just want everyone to have a good time. Like that's all I'm about. I'm about a good time. My brand is good time through line community and always making stuff accessible and being the person that I would want to see in the world.
0: JJ, I would very happily just spend the day (laughs) asking you cheeky questions. There is one big question, just to bring it back to dance, really. Why does dance matter to you?
1: Dance for me is something, it's very important to me. It's my whole life. It's a career that I didn't think I was even going to have it. Something like, my mom is the most supportive person, but she really wanted me to do IT. And then when she started noticing me traveling, she was like, what the hell? (laughs) She was like, you don't want you to do IT, but here you are a dancer, teaching everywhere and traveling everywhere. It's gotten to a place in my life that I didn't think I would be able to get to. It's opened many doors for me. It is something that really matters to my heart because at the time where I was going to give up on everything. And if it wasn't for me, working at Apple, meeting someone called Carl Paris, who's like one of the first people to dance in Cats on West End, stand next to me most days, playing songs to me. We will do ballet at the front of the store. She will teach me. She's not like, an edu- She's now, this is so crazy because when I found out she was in cat, the original cast of cat, I could have yeah. died. because i was like i've never seen it (laughs) but having like throughout my life i've always had these little things to say that dance is my focus and i never really see them in the beginning when you go to a school where you feel like you i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to dance to be the person that comes like around to teach a new generation of people who are looking at you like i know they're going to look at me like I know someone's done some Googling, and people on Instagram, so I know it's coming, Where everyone's so like, oh, my God. But dance has always been, like, my es- escapism. Like, I've had some <laughs> really bad days, and it has been dance or go to teach that has fixed it. I don't have a partner, but if I had a partner, I- at times I've had a partner, and we have an argument, and I'm like, I was talking to you, it will be the class on that Sunday that I will let it all out. And everyone's like, what is wrong with you? And usually (laughs) I just, I hope for an argument by Sunday because I usually make my best choreography on those days. (laughs) So, you know, I I just feel like it's something that gives so many people so much purpose. And I don't live in the UK anymore. I reside in Spain. I'm like between the two. And, And mainly Spain. And I've seen the young kids here and I've helped them build something that they can be proud of through all the mess and it's only through dance. A lot of people I, DM me in Spanish and I do not hablo in español and I Google translate and I put that work in because I know how much stuff can like, impact somebody's life and yeah, for me it's, it's I don't know, it's something that it's always been there and I probably didn't understand how much I needed it or how much I knew I needed it or how much it mattered to me then the experiences I have only had and actually probably turning 30 and looking back in your life and going, child, you have done since, what, your whole life, 15 years working and you now are able to live in a different country and you are flown to teach or to educate or be asked to do stuff like this where you're talking on a podcast through other uni's. Going back to my own uni and doing that, I just feel like it just, mat- it just matters in my heart more than I even really know. To be honest.
0: Oh, JJ, that's a... With you unpacking your heart, that's a very beautiful place to close. And it has been so, such a treat to speak to you. Thank you so much Thank you. for giving your time. You're a credit to your mum. What else can we say? <laughs> On a grey London day, JJ's fizzing, positive, unquenchable energy was a tonic, and no guest on the podcast has ever made such heroic efforts not to swear. Thank you, JJ. I hope you enjoyed holding on to JJ's coattails as much as I did. Do let us know. I'm at Mr MrDavidJays on Twitter and the RAD is at RAD Headquarters and there are links to JJ's website and socials in our show notes. Our guest today was JJ Revlon. Why Dance Matters is made by the RAD team of Celia Moran, Melanie Murphy and Charlie Strachan and our artwork is by Bex Glendinning. Dylan and Mumin provided background vocals, which is fine because Sarah Miles, our producer, is a friend to all cats. I'm David Jays. Take care and see you soon.